What could be better than being voted favorite local radio station in Harford County? Being voted favorite local radio station for three straight years. That's right. WHFC 91.1 FM has been voted by you as Harford County's favorite local radio station for three straight years. But the reason I'm talking about WHFC is because, number one, it's a great station. And it's a public station. It's based out of Harford Community College, and it's from the listeners that they can keep going. You see, they don't have advertisers like your other stations do. They rely on donations from us, the community. And they have pledge drives, and they always have a button there so you can donate. But So if you go to whfc911.org, you can donate through there. And I think they have their pledge drive coming up as well. But the thing is, they, they have something for everybody, whether it's classical music jazz you listen to terry troyer or even dave may the music they play it's outstanding the weekends you have Greg petrosino is doing retro radio joyce conroy with her block party yeah so there you're hearing the music from the 50s to the 80s the other thing is something you may not realize about public radio it's because of public radio that you have such great bands as kansas god iron butterfly who yeah i mean i'm sure everybody remembers the song in a Davida. well see regular radio can't play those songs because they last so long you have to break for commercial breaks. It's because of college radio that we got all the great music. You also have the old-time radio shows like Abbott and Costello, I believe The Shadow, that they play on Saturdays. So if you get a chance, go to whfc911.org and donate, but also listen. Believe me, you'll love it. So on this episode of Harford County Living, I had a friend of mine come on, and she's a writer, a freelance writer. But we talked about people telling their own story and how to do it. She's an award-winning writer and editor, as well as a children's book author. She's currently expanding her career and pimping her passion for writing as a coach, guide, and cheerleader for those who are interested in telling their own story and need a nudge to get going. She has worked with New York Times bestselling authors as well as others on crafting their own unique stories. She's also writing a curriculum that she will be teaching in Harford County titled Leave Your Legacy. And details will be forthcoming on that. She lives in Joppa Town with her husband, Neil, and their dog, Mai Kai. And she loves boating, kayaking, and hanging out with family and friends. So on this episode, I am happy to finally get on here. I've been begging her to come on molly larson's and listen to what she's got to say and after we're done follow her tips and start writing your story this is the harford county living show voted as harford county's favorite local podcast introducing you to local businesses organizations artists musicians and more Harford County Living, there's no place like it. Here's your host, Rich Bennett. I'd like to welcome everybody to Harford County Living. Have a special guest on today, somebody that I've known for a while, talented author, freelance writer. God, what else do you do? A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Molly Larson's. And Molly is, well, I'm going to let her explain it because she, um, God, you just do a lot. I, I mean, love you, you it. Always, yeah. You're always writing, but you always have your hand in other things, too. I do. I like I like to stay busy. I like to, before we get started. But that's why, you always st- that's why you look so young. Oh, thanks, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come back all the time now. <laughs> hey, you're welcome to, so. Oh, God, I got to take this hat off. Sorry. 
Before That's we get hot. started, though, I want to thank you so much for having me and having such a great venue for oh. Hereford County. I have lived here since 1994, Joppa Town in particular, but I love it. I love Hereford County, and I love the platform that you're giving all of us, especially with the the local artists and the, the shops. It's just amazing what you're doing, so thank well, you so much. You're welcome. Well, and I started that because a lot of people, even people that grew up here, don't realize what Hartford County has to offer. You know, it has everything. Yeah, have everything. the shops, the history, mm -hmm. the fishing, the trails. You know, uh, it, it's the amazing. Water, and the yeah. people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. the arts. I mean, God, you're seeing the arts explode. Yes. Yeah, you yes. have the Have a Degrees Art Show, Jobtown Arts Festival. You have the oh. Lyria Dendrums always ha right, has right. Arco, everybody. The other thing I'm seeing a lot more is a lot more musicians from here that are making it artists but above all authors nice i mean i love that yeah, 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 you, yeah you it was growing up um i can't even think of a local author musician yeah, yeah. i mean frank right. zappa right edgewood you know um i forgot about that yeah, yeah. actors i mean there's a ton of actors from right. the area dale midkiff from edgewood wendy davis from joppa town and I know I'm missing a few others. That's but. so cool. See, that's the kind of stuff that I'm not steeped in and don't know about. So I love oh, your yeah, platform and this show that we can highlight. Well, look how many authors from here that you know just yourself. Yeah. Besides you, mm -hmm. you have Kelly White. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever met Dwayne or not. Shout Dwayne out to Kelly. Kelly is, has been one of my mentors has and colleagues. Been. We've worked together in a lot of different ways. And she has helped me um, tremendously. And I thank her. Well, how long have you been writing now? I've written my whole entire life. In fact, I want the record to show <laughs> <laughs> that I pulled out my, um, when I was in eighth grade, I think that's when the writing bug really took over, and I'm 50 years old now. When I was in eighth grade, I decided to write my first book, and it is in cursive, and my penmanship back then, my penmanship was a pride, <laughs> was a source of my pride. So I um, pulled that out and brought that just to show. I feel like I'm in a little bit of a show and tell, but I've been writing forever. But professionally, right. I have been writing for 13 plus years. Something you just mm -hmm. said, though. What? You wrote that in what? In cursive. cursive. Yes. Do they even teach that anymore? It <laughs> breaks my heart. It really <laughs> breaks my heart because writing is so, it's pen to paper for me is all that. I, I write on my laptop and I journal even on my laptop. But when I put pen to paper, something happens. Whether I print, whether I cursive, it doesn't matter. And I feel like the kids don't. They're never going to know about well, that. They, when you're writing on paper, don't you feel like you're, and I may be wrong, uh, I know it happens with me when I was writing poetry and songs, um, but don't you feel like you're, you're, you're getting more creative ideas as you're putting it down on paper? I think versus so. Versus typing? Yes, I think there there's something happens and we okay. have more time to process and digest and and um, I, th I think that probably is, there might be something to that, what you just said. Okay. Yeah. So I thought, I, I know with me when I would write it down, I and I that, maybe that's one of the reasons I can't write anymore because I'm always on the computer. Right. And I try and say, hey, no, it doesn't look right. Yeah. And there's a lot of times I'll have to sit there and write it, you know, especially if I'm writing up an article for Harford County Living, uh -huh. I have to write it down first. Nice. I have to write it on paper. I just can't type. 
type it on the computer. Right. Maybe because I'm always getting notifications. Somebody just sent you a message and it's interrupting me or something. Well, yeah, that's a whole <laughs> other animal that we have to, because we do have this constant contact. Yeah. And we have to, that can really bog you down and, and take you out of the flow. That's what I love about writing. That's what I love about when I wrote this book. How many pages was that book, your first book that you wrote from eighth grade? Let's see, and I have them numbered. Wow. Um, well, I think I stopped numbering them at some point. <laughs> okay, 81. So it's double-sided. It starts in cursive, ends in print. But do you see the level? <laughs> wow. It's kind of funny. Um, so 82 pages. But what I loved about you know, some... You should yeah. publish that. You know, you never know. But The first I think work of Molly Larson's. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought it would never see the light of day. I've written right. about this. I thought it would never see the light of day. But this being my fir first podcast, I wanted to um, bring it out and let it see the light of day. Yeah. And remember, remember when I lost time and was so immersed into this whole other world and Creating characters and dialogue was amazing to me. I don't usually write... I don't write a lot of fiction today. Right. I do mostly nonfiction. However, I love it all. And I'm a consumer of it all. And... Um, well, how many books have you written now? Just... You've only written well, one um, book? I have a couple. There, I have a couple in the works. Uh, okay. One is published... And actually, that was a recent, um, that's a nonfiction book. It's called Intro to Rodeo. And it's, um, that was a fun book. I, I started as a sports reporter. Right. A local sports reporter. And I loved that. That just opened up the whole world for me. It was a different kind of writing that I had never done with my poetry or writing book yeah. or any of this stuff. Yeah, you get well. to interview people. You get to connect with people on a different level. And I really enjoyed that. But with Intro to Rodeo, um... What I loved about that is it was a sport that I knew nothing about. I love really? all sports. I well, there's no rodeo around here, so I had to That's really, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had to really dig into a lot of things to get to, and it was a it was a fun, fun wow. fun time. And that now people can buy that now. Yes. It's yes. Amazon, Barnes yes. and Noble, wherever it's distributed. Okay. Um, in libraries and schools across the country and also in the UK and some other places okay. I'm not real sure of. With my agent I have another fiction book that um, we've been working that I've been working on and um, it's also for children. This intro to rodeo is a children's book and we'll see. I'm, I'm really excited about all the things that I have in the works with Plus that. Plus you've written for magazines, papers, I still right. write for, you're, yes. So you're a freelance writer. I'm a freelance writer. Okay. And how that got started was after the newspaper, I always knew I was going to have my own business. I was the future business leader of America president when I was in high school, and I didn't <laughs> like to work for, I don't want to say I didn't like to work for, corporations weren't for me. Right. Um, and I had had my own cleaning business. I had done a few things, and I knew that I was going to eventually start writing for myself. So when I quit the newspaper and started to write for myself, it was a kind of a jaw drop. Like, wow, um, it was a lot harder than I thought because right. you're, you're starting from scratch, which isn't a problem, but I'm pitching ideas to magazines and these editors and these mostly the editors are doing 25 things 
you know the it takes them a long time to get back it was a right. it was a learning curve it was a learning curve but at that time i was fortunate because i had um you know that was when the internet blogging i would i would do a lot of blogging and mm-hmm. things like that to get me going and to keep to keep the fires going um but i did have a moment where uh, i got picked up by a national magazine but it went defunct after a few you know there's magazines it was yeah. i love magazines i love to pick up them i love to read them i love to pass them along we're in such a different day and age now i've been blessed by it but also it's i don't even get the newspaper anymore yeah i, don't I, I read it online right. i do i, mean, I don't even do that yeah i tried to st- i in all honesty i try to avoid the news the only reason being is because it's all negative stuff. Right. I don't, you know, I cite now. <laughs> I don't want to read the negative stuff. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And I don't, I don't search out to watch the news or to, I, but I have to keep abreast on well, yeah. certain things and, and all. So yeah. I do get the uh, digital newspaper. So that's why starting out in sports was the perfect, perfect way for me to get into writing. And, and that's what turned my career professional. So you've been doing the freelance writing. Now, do you like that better? I mean, you said it's tough at times, but... Yes, I I love it. It's okay. amazing, and it is tough at times. And I would... My husband, Neil, has been a tremendous support system for me and is my That's biggest good. cheerleader and my best fan, and I love him. So, And wouldn't have been able to make it without him. That's good. Um, but yes, I love it. I, it's so much fun now because now I feel like I'm hitting a stride. How's that work? Because, and the reason I'm asking, and I haven't really thought about freelance writers, but one of the things I've been wanting to do, you know, with with schools, you see a lack of school newspapers. Yeah. But I know there's always a lot of good stuff that goes on at schools. Right, and I right. tried and tried and tried, I don't know how many times, to talk to the school system about offering internships for the kids or even having the kids you know send me articles that they write up because it's just exposure that's a great idea that's a great idea are you saying school newspapers don't well i mean don't don't they still have those kinds of some schools do some schools do shop a town no now they have a thing called wired so it's all it's all video Oh, well, that's... But even still... That's good, but it's not writing. No, it's not writing, yeah. But I've told... And I've told this with, you know, with my daughter and her friends. I was like, guys, anytime you want to write something, fiction, nonfiction, it doesn't matter. If it's something good, I'll put it up there. I don't mind. Right. You know, Lyle. Lyle's a great example. Lyle, I... I I can't wait to meet him. Oh, God. I was hoping he would be here today. He... When it comes to history, he's... he is very good at history. And I've been telling him time and time again, he needs to write a book on history, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be Jobtown History or whatever. I would love to read the and He put history. together a good presentation on the history of Joppa and already debunked the part about being founded in 1712 and all that. That's uh, so cool. And he's, he's written, I think he's written a couple articles on the website, which help. But if the girls... The kids in school could do that. I think, number one, it's given them more confidence. And it's given them, I guess you could say practice or whatever. Well, there's a difference between writing a book that's never going to see the light of day. Right. Versus writing 
and having people read it and having that experience. Um, so I completely agree with you. With the, If these girls are into it, they should try to start something. Yeah. And they could do it, even if they did it digitally to start. I'm surprised. Like, do they still do yearbooks, though, and all that? They still do yearbooks, uh, That's different, yeah. but that's the difference between us and them. We grew up, our parents were reading the newspapers and magazines mm-hmm. and TV Guide, and we had all these physical things. Computers have changed the game immensely. Oh, yeah, so, and phones. Yeah. Well, oh, computers, phones, might as well sure. say yeah. handheld computer. Right, right. But I just think there's so many creative kids out there, and they're not being offered... The platform, or the no, let me rephrase that. They are some of them are being offered a platform, whether right. they're being told about it or not is another story. Right. But I think they're missing the boat by not um, being able to put their stuff out there and mm-hmm. express themselves. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think that they have blogs and all that other stuff that they they take advantage of that. You don't. Think they so? should. Okay. They should take advantage of that. Does I your daughter do that? No, she writes on a website called I think I said Wattpad or something like that. Where it's I'll look that up. A place, I guess it's a place where people can write their story or, uh-huh. or write stories. Yeah. I've talked to her about this before. I disagree with when they write, and if they don't like it, then they delete it. Mm-hmm. The other thing I don't agree with, and I told her this because she has a tendency to write a lot on her computer or whatever, and I've told her write it down on paper too because. Mm-hmm. In the computer age, we know how computers are, and the internet, mm-hmm. if it crashes, and you got something go- good going on there, it's gone. Yeah. You know what I always do? I mean, this is, I, I mean, I think we're probably showing our age here, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I always do? I always email myself. If I'm working on, I just did someone's interview, I will email that to myself. Oh, that's a good idea. If I'm in the middle of a story, I will email it to myself. Because I've had that exact You've thing had stuff crash on you. Uh-huh. Now, it's, now I have an Apple, a Mac, mm-hmm. so it's, it hasn't, it's been different. I did lose one or two monitors, um, but I've had that happen, and it's, it's, that's never fun to deal no, with. No, it's nerve-wracking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, get, I mean, luckily, I know how to fix them, but still... Whenever oh, good for you. I've had computers crash. I don't. Oh. Because <laughs> I definitely don't. Oh, I've had computers crash. I lost mm-hmm. stuff. And it's mm-hmm. just, ah! I'd be racking my head. My daughter got all upset because she was writing something. And lo and behold, it, and no, she was saving it online. I forget what happened. Anyway, she could not get to it. Mm. And mm-hmm. so, that's what I told you. Write it down on paper. Right. Or I like the idea of emailing yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you have a Gmail account or something that ain't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm still on AOL. At what? AOL.com. I still do that. I have, if I had one email address my entire email life, and I'm hoping that I'm only going to have to have one. <laughs> now, when I did the Joppatown Arts Festival, though, last year with Marianne and Doreen and Teresa, right. we, they made me sign up for a Gmail. <laughs> Well, you never know. AOL may be going away soon, so it's hard. I don't think so. Hopefully, but hopefully I, not. I hope not, because there goes all my... I mean, I actually, like I said, with my books, I emailed yeah. my books. Back it up. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> back it up. Now, have you ever thought about teaching writing? Oh, I would love to. I'm actually... Um, 
So I started to volunteer with Homecoming Project Incorporated, which is a halfway house in Bel Air mm-hmm. for women and girls. Um, I started to volunteer there about four, well, I volunteered there for between four and five years. Um, and we, we would do different workshops and creative writing and book clubs, and I loved it. And that kind of got me excited about it. And then I, and recently I've started to work with some people who, somewhat like yourself, they're not good at writing. Right. See the air quotes. They're not good at writing, so I have been working with them on telling their story and helping them, guide them, if you will, because to okay. me, it's easy. To me, it comes natural. Right. And I love to help people, and I love to cheerlead for people, but when, and, and when I was working with Homecoming Project, um, it was the best work we had so much fun. These girls were amazing with the things that they were facing and the the steps that they had to do, you know, all the steps to recovery, the mm-hmm. 12 steps. Um, I was really proud and fortunate and super grateful to be able to work with them. And that was something that kind of got my wheels spinning. Like, wait, there's another part of this that you can really go out and help people with this and um i'm currently writing a course and because i'm working with some clients and telling their helping them tell their stories i'm i would love to do more teaching i would love it everybody's got a story everyone has a story and everyone takes their takes themselves out of their story to say oh it's not good or oh it's not this or it's not that or I'm not unique, or my my childhood was easy. However they see it, we all find comfort in the lessons, and we're all going through the same things, and it's kind of fun to discover the things that Mm -hmm. we have in common rather than the things that we don't. Yeah. You know, and, and wow, look at how she did that. Or he was really, hmm, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. I, I might... I might try that. You know, we can we can find some common ground and some themes that we all go through. And I love, one of the things that I love that um, I'm doing now is I'm working with some really top-of-the-line quality people. And they're at the top of their game. And I love learning about what they're doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it. Their energy is contagious, and they're just—it's—they're it, amazing, and I've been very fortunate to work with them. So that's one of the reasons I do this because just to talk to different people, I find people interesting. I do too. I don't care. Isn't who it you fun? Are. It yes, is. It is always a good story within someone somewhere. Right. Right. And since I've been doing this, I—I've met a lot of interesting people. And I just, I find it cool. And you like to connect with people. Yes. Of oh, all God, different yes. kinds yeah. of people. Which is why my daughter or wife hate to go shopping with me, because I'll just stop and talk to somebody, even if I don't know them. <laughs> but you got to. I mean, how? Right. Is, and the thing is, give you an example, a friend of mine, him and I, we went to um, a store the other day to get some stuff, because we had a big cookout. 
and it was BJ's actually. And you know how the ladies always at the line uh-huh. check it at the very end before you oh, leave. Oh right. You know they they got to be miserable doing yeah. that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get up there and she's going through everything. She goes, "You guys find everything?" I okay. I said, "No." Just like that. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry, what, what couldn't you find? I said, we've been looking for our hair and haven't been able to find it anywhere. <laughs> she just lost, I mean, she just started cracking oh, up. Oh, you probably made her day. And that's what she said. She goes, oh. you just made my day. Meanwhile, some of the people that are behind us in the line are like, really, shut up. Just but, Yeah. But it did. It, and it brought a smile to her face. Right. And you know, that's sometimes it. It, takes, you it, took, that. it took two minutes for you to do that. Yeah. And, and. Who gained more, you or her? Probably, she said you made her day, but you it yeah, made your day to like, make her day. Yeah. That but sounds when we corny, were leaving, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, it's like, I would love to get that woman yeah. on the podcast just to, talk, just to find out how her day was actually going up until that point. Right. Yeah, find out about her. It just, right. It, it's... I'm like that too, Rich. When I go into a grocery store, I read name tags. I make eye contact. I say, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's beyond please and thank you, but it's what it's. I I love that. I think that's important that we take a minute to. Oh yeah, you have to. Yeah. I mean, hell, everybody at Redner's thinks that I work there <laughs> as much funny. as I'm there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But no, nah, I mean, you have to. You have, and you never know what somebody's going through. Mm-hmm. You could change. I could have changed that woman's life. Right. She could have been all depressed, wanting to go. You never know. Right. You know, and just that simple, just even saying hi to somebody can make a big difference. And making eye contact yeah. with them and seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. But with like what you say, you know, some people think they don't have an interesting story to tell. Yeah, they do. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all you have. may not find it. I mean, they may, like me, I may not find my story interesting. But once I tell it, you may find an interest. Mm-hmm. And other people may, hell, I may even find that it was interesting after I tell it, you know? Right. It's just, uh I don't know. Sharing. Yeah. Sharing is caring. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's you, what they're teaching my four-year-old. Sharing is caring. Well, and <laughs> it, it just baffles me how many people are afraid to do that. Well, <laughs> I there's answers for them. They can get help. They can. Well, yeah. They can. There's a lot of solutions that we can provide for them, so they don't have to feel that way. But I'm with you. I agree. I uh, yeah. One day maybe everybody would just. You know, just recently I had the, one of the best compliments that I've ever had with my writing. And um, I, I actually put it in my phone and I shut my phone off. But it was something to the effect of your writing is, it, your writing gives me life. And oh, it wow. wasn't, it wasn't, you know, a literal, yeah. obviously. But it was just so touching and moving and I was so grateful and wow like thank you that is amazing i really appreciate that because whether i'm telling a story or um working on a proposal Mm -hmm. or editing a project i love it and i put a lot of my energy into it and it just it's very validating and very good your compliments like that yeah Mm -hmm. and it just makes you feel like you're you're doing something that has a purpose yes right and i have a very good friend um and he's also worked with me and done a little bit of coaching with me. His name is Bill Ash from Ash Enterprises. Uh, he told me the other day that he was talking to somebody and they said, find your purpose and then give it away. And I thought that was really intriguing. Yeah. And I don't think Phil said that. I think he heard that from right. someone. Um, it was pretty profound because 
I love sharing about the stuff that I do. Yeah. I really do. And but I more than I love that, I love hearing other people tell me what they do and why they do it mm-hmm. and what makes them tick and what podcasts they listen to or what books they're reading. You know, one thing that always surprised me and I don't recall who I got this from. Probably from a YouTube video or a, uh, I do a lot of um, Louis Howe, Louis Howe, H O W E S School of Greatness. Okay, might have been one of his people. Um, the average American reads a book a year. Okay. Wow. Yeah. The average CEO reads about sixty. Wow. So that's five books a month. You know, they always say readers are leaders. I love that, but it's also, you know. There's a lot of truth in that. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is, too, you figure, because the average person is going to be reading, most. the book they're reading is probably a story. Mm-hmm. Your CEOs, or people in business, you know, like myself, I'm constantly reading books, but they're, they're on, you know, whether it be about podcasting or internet, because with what I do, my education never stops and I think with any business you do so I'm always reading them mm-hmm. but it'll take me longer right. to read a story than it will any of those books right. so yeah I, I could see that yeah I could see I, what gets me is I don't understand how somebody can read more than one book at, at a time oh. I know my wife and daughter oh. they could be reading three five books at one time I got four going right now how <laughs> well for, so first of all if it was non it it's all nonfiction. if it was fiction I would be one book and that was it. Right. But I've been on a nonfiction tear uh, for a while now, and I can do three, four, or five books at a time. I can't. The only way I could do that is, all right. Like the, I think the one time I was reading Tuesdays with Maury, and then the other time I was mm-hmm. reading The Secret. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So and, and I and well, yeah, okay, three books at the same time because I was reading another one on um, you email marketing. Oh, nice. Okay. So, yeah, okay. I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I so, wouldn't right. be able to do three of the same thing. Yes, right. That's right. So it's usually different subject matter. That's yeah. how you can do that. And if it was non, if it was fiction, I wouldn't. I, I like to be immersed in a fiction book, and that's all. Well, the other thing is, too, and I, I, I saw an interesting quote. Not a quote. It was a, a, a statistic. And I may, I may have put it on um, the podcast of either Kelly or Danny, one of their books. Mm-hmm. But how people that read every day, it lowers your stress level. Mm-hmm. It helps with your, your heart it. rate. I believe it. And, of course, mm-hmm. makes you more intelligent. You know, I mean, one of the things I'm – I used to do it all the time, and I stopped doing it, and now I'm back to doing it, crossword puzzles. Mm. I, would, I would do them every day. And even if it's simple little things, it still helps. Nice. You know. So what else you got in the works now? So I've been working with, like I said, I, I'm starting uh, another side business, if you will, of helping clients who have a story that are compelled to tell it and trying to work with them on what their expectations are, mm-hmm. how they, what they want from it, how to do it. Um, you know, for every client, it's going to be a little different. Right. Um, if you want to write a bestseller, that's probably a different ball game than writing a book for your grandchildren, yeah. per se, leaving your legacy for your kids or whatever. But um, I've been having a lot of fun with that, and I feel like the stuff, 
So I've been revamping my, um, started, I'm starting a new website and revamping that and it's been literally, the stuff is pouring out of me. And that's how I know when I'm onto something. Mm -hmm. You know, when I have so much to say and give and do and it's been really exciting and I've been oh, very, very, I feel very, very blessed and lucky to be able to be in this position to, um, Try to help people and, and to guide them and see what they see what they want to do. Uh, see, that's something that could. Go and I, on I wrote forever. down a couple of tips too. Yeah, and you know, a lot of the people that I'm interviewing today, they're very busy. They don't have time. They need to be focused on you know being a top producer and right. and they have families and they have lives. And I get that. You're coming to me. You want me to tell you my story? Yeah. Do you have any tips for me? I sure do. I have lots of tips. Um, so I think the first thing you need to do is you need to make an intention and you need to commit your time level and uh, set it up in your mind. And okay. How much time do you have to give? And stick to it. I'm going to write an hour a day or an hour a week. Whatever that looks like for you, everybody's different. That's that's a good start. And then you can also, what is your expectation? I started a blog for my granddaughter. That's different than me writing a book proposal. Right. Or wanting to share my story with my business partners or with my clients. So you have to know what your expectation is and get clear on it and get focused. Uh, we already talked about reading a lot. Mm-hmm. But when I say read a lot, I mean read a lot. And the reason, pay attention to the things that you like, that you dislike, that you that resonate with you. What do you like reading about? Right. What matters to you? And that'll help give you some more clarity. And it will help frame your story. It will help you frame your story, rather. Huh. Another thing, some people need to be more organized in our, you know, list yes. people. So maybe an outline is a good idea. For you if that if that's your gig write an outline and then one other thing that i wrote down ask yourself better questions dig deeper into what you're talking about Ooh. yeah so when i say that i mean if you're telling your story and you're saying something that happened to you when you were in fifth grade what did it feel like what did it look like were you were you with your parent who were you with put all of that down it might not all make the story. Yeah. You know, that's why you hire a good editor or whatever. Um, but it might not all make the story, but one of the things, and this is, oh, it, and I have this later on the list. I should have had. This book um, by Cameron Diaz, the artist, or Cameron Diaz. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> by Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way is a really good book. And there's, there's a ton of resources out there on the Internet that can help you. That can get you started. That can, that can infuse a sense of purpose when you're have the quote unquote writer's block, which right. I don't buy. Writer's block is is crap. I do, you have to write through it. Well, um, that's what you, I mean. One thing you mentioned about you know, when you're trying to remember story, whether it was fifth grade, right down who you were with, and I think you do that. It's going to also bring back other memories that you maybe not have thought of. Exactly, and trigger things. Yeah. There's, you know, um, one of the things, and it, it, there's a, and you're not. This is a term. 
and it's a cuss term, but I'm going to say it. It's a shitty first draft. When we are writing that part of the story where we're putting it all down on paper, mm-hmm. it's called a shitty first draft for a reason. You're getting down, you're putting down all the nooks and crannies, all the because you're going to write five pages and two of it's going to be worthy of right publication or whatever you want to, however you want to frame it. Um, so when you're writing that crappy first draft you don't edit yourself you put it all down you get it all down you get all the details and that and then you edit it that's right. the best part huh. for me um i also one of the things i there's a ton of a ton of resources that you can get online a, even the library i love going to my library um and using the library resources and you can start a blog you can get a coach you can hire an editor there's a lot of things that you can do um but you want to start to get feedback for your work you want to start to feel like putting it out there yeah see how it goes start a blog i i always kind of recommend very important yeah yeah start a blog and see what's working and what's not and how far do you want to go how much do you want to tell it's always a give and take, and you don't know until you get in there and start getting your hands dirty. And I think on that too, part, too, you have to be open-minded. And when I say open-minded, you have to be able to accept criticism, whether constructive or not. Right. I think you definitely need to accept that. Right. Um, those were just a few of the things that I wrote down um, that I think are good tips to, to get people started, but probably the biggest is, especially because it can be a daunting, if, if, and I'm appealing to the people that have a story that want to mm-hmm. tell a story. And in the overwhelming, how am I going to do this? You just have to sit down and do it. Yeah. Sit down to write an outline. Sit down and make a commitment. I want to do this. Here's why I want to do this. You know what? I bet too, if people do that, I never even thought about this until you know you just said everything. Because one of the things I cannot stand, you know, especially websites today, whether it be Facebook, LinkedIn, or whatever, they want you to write a bio. Mm-hmm. So, which is basically your story, resumes, another, and I think that would help a lot. Yeah. Again, how come you're not teaching classes? <laughs> it is my goal. It is there. It's happening. It's going to happen. You know, it whether, should. You should. Whether I'm doing it at the local college or through it's going to happen um and i'm very excited about that i love 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 sharing these tips and working with people and helping them because it just it feeds my soul yeah it feeds my soul and it's really cool maybe i need to have you come talk to the uh, young kids i would do it in a heartbeat yeah i would do it in a heartbeat because the children today the internet has given us so much advantages and so many great things. We talked about the cursive and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure, those are the downfalls. But they have... Publishing doesn't look the way it did five years ago or ten years ago mm-hmm. or let alone 20 years ago. The advantages are huge. And they can capitalize on it. They can yeah. take care of that. And they can they can grow their platform now quicker than ever. What's this? surprised me too i never realized like with writers you could be an independent publisher i never mm. knew that oh self-publishing do you mean you, well yeah well yeah okay yeah, yeah danny who i had on okay. chasing a flawed son yeah uh, yeah self-published i guess oh okay or, or, um 
which then he explained the difference about a major publishing company and compared to doing it yourself. Right. You know, the, I said, maybe your book should be a New York bestseller. I said, yeah, not putting enough out. Can't. <laughs> I think mm. he said something like so many uh, week or whatever has to be sold. Okay. You know, but um, yeah, I don't yeah. know too much about self publishing. But if, funny enough, the uh, the community college is teaching a course uh, about self publishing because really? even you can navigate learning to navigate through something like that. I mean, it's available for anyone. Yeah. And everyone. Yeah. And it doesn't. You know, there's been people that have published their books that have gone on to be bestsellers, that have self published that have gone on to be more. Right. So it, you can tap into that. You can really tap into that. Um, it's so, exciting. So much it's, yeah. it's, a, it's an exciting time in, in publishing. And, they, you know, when I first was freelancing and, and working and um, got a project with Kelly uh, through Zondervan, actually, which is the HarperCollins publishing, okay. the Christian yeah. arm of HarperCollins, it's a whole other world. And they used to be... Uh, gatekeepers, if you will, like only, and you had to have an agent to get in and pitch a story, and you, you know, you had there's there were all these things that you couldn't, that would preclude you from doing that. Those barriers are gone now, right? Which to the traditional publishers and to the traditionalists of in publishing, they might not like that, but it is it is what it is, and yeah. it's for the best. Oh yeah, because there's a I had because uh, there's more voices and there's more stories and there's more that we can we can get from all this that can empower us and that we can work together and and grow from and learn from and. Mm-hmm. If that was around when you were in eighth grade, that first book you wrote would have been published. I can't even imagine <laughs> what that would have been like. It, it's so funny and wild. Like it, so in eighth grade, probably it picked up through high school. I would write poetry. I would write. All kinds of things, but mostly poetry. But see that you could be living on a nice house on the beaches of Malibu or something right now. Glad you're not. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, I'm glad I'm not too. I'm, <laughs> I like where I live. It's good here. It's really good oh, here. Oh, I love it yeah. here. I definitely love it here. Mm-hmm. I want to share a quote with you that I, and it's a little bit longer, but it's from the movie Coach Carter, which is one of the best sports movies that I have been. Oh, fortunate to watch, Coach and Carter. I love sports. Was that the one with Denzel? Uh, no, not Denzel. Um, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I gotta watch that then. I haven't seen it's that one. It's really, really good. I'll have to watch that. But it's from a book. It's called, and it's it's really you should watch it when the the basketball player, I believe, um, says it because it's very powerful. Okay. It's a little long. Our, di- our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our di- darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, 
our presence automatically liberates others. Wow. I think a lot of times people are afraid to sit down and be bold and tell their story. Yeah. And um, we call it writer's block or we call it I don't have time. And when you do it, when you are able to let go of all those restrictions and limitations, you grow as a person. You become more loving, more grounded, more centered. Mm -hmm. You're in the flow. And I think that's why you like to talk to people. That's why I like to talk to people. That's how we connect. It's, it's who we are. And I think that that quote sums up quite a bit for me. I like that. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to go home and watch the movie. It's such a great movie. <laughs> you ever think about just doing motivational speaking to kids, too? I love children. I would I would probably not call it motivational speaking. Well, I would talk to children. Just I would talk to children. But the little things can motivate them. I mean, you never know. It's one of the things I remember. They motivate I, me. Though. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's. Now, I think that's what, why usually schools have career day, but when do they have it? It's usually elementary schools. Yeah. I haven't seen it in middle schools or even high school so much, but I used to do career day all the time up here and also when I was servicing computers in Prince George's County. Mm. And the kids just, they loved it. Yeah. And the questions they would come up with, Oh, They're just bomb when they just say what they say. I just I love it. it. <laughs> I love hey, it. Uh, actually, a friend of mine does it now, uh, Jonte Hall, which I've uh -huh. got to get on the podcast. Um, I think he may be coming to this month, I think in September. I believe him and Mark Marrow are coming to some of the schools and talking. And if you've never heard Mark Marrow speak, yeah, he, was, he used to be a professional wrestler. Mm -hmm. And now he, I don't know, I don't, I guess you could say motivational, he's a speaker, but talks a lot about bullying, but he's helping the kids, and he talks a lot at the elementary schools and middle schools, and I think that way, when they hear it more, mm -hmm. and you listen to the kids more, because I had another lady on the podcast, Natalie Forrest, and she even said, the younger kids, they have so much to tell, yeah. and you can learn so much from them. Mm -hmm. And you can, mm -hmm. yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I you would be motivating that. them, or they would that. be motivating yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think they definitely motivate us for sure. We could call it a motivational speech, but they're the ones that motivate yeah. us. And to look through the eyes of a child—that's what the goal is, right? Yeah, that's who we want to be. Thank you for listening to this episode of Harford County Living. You can actually go to HarfordCountyLiving.com and click on podcast, and from there. Click on the episode, and you, there are links to our guests and our sponsors, and I encourage you to please, please visit them. Again, that's HarfordCountyLiving.com, and click on podcast. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast from there as well. you also see a banner there that says, Buy Me a Coffee. And if you click on that, you can make a contribution to the Harford County Living Show so we can keep this going. You can do either monthly or you can do a one-time fee. And what we're going to do at the end of each episode is mention all of those that have contributed so far. And so far, the ones that have made a contribution through Buy Me A Coffee are Robin Burke, Lyle Garrity, and you've heard him on the show several times, Carol Garrity, Rhonda Herb, who was actually listening up in Canada, 
Kathy, Cindy Skilton, Natalie Forrest, someone that's anonymous, of course, Mal Grisada Baker, and we have a monthly supporter, Recreating Wellness. 